Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, David Farmer. Well, hello, Launch University tribe. We are going to have some fun today. Uh, this is David Farmer. I am here with Shane Benson. Hello, Shane. Hey, David. We do have Kevin Jennings in the background. He can't say much, but he's running the audio right now. But we've got two special guests. My good friends, Rick Shermer and Rachel McCord, are here from Los Angeles. Guys, welcome. Oh, my gosh. Thank Hi. You. I'm so excited. We are honored to be here at, at long last. At last. I've been hearing about this podcast forever. Yep. You're um, going to launch me, right, David? Like, we're we're going to see what we can do, Rachel. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we are actually recording in a place called Pinewood Forest. Amazing. Um, which Shout is, out to Dan Cathy. That's Thank right. you for the invite. What? Yeah, Dan said, come down to Pinewood Forest and record. And he was actually going to kind of try to pop in, but he had an obligation that pulled him away. But we're, we're working on getting... Dan's been a fan of the podcast, and he's got so much incredible stuff going on. We wanted to come tell some of that story. So we, we think we've twisted his arm enough for him to do it. But um, we're a place south of Atlanta where um, Pinewood Studios is located, where they film a lot of the... Big Marvel films, including such hits as Avenger Endgame. Have you heard yes. of that one? I mean, you, just you haven't it seen me. it yet. You just Rick. ruined it for me. But it's awesome, and it was filmed Spoiler. right here. Yeah. Black Panther, another oh, yeah. big hit. But it all started a few years back with Marvel's Ant Man. And so um, um, we'll talk this story later, but Dan had the vision for helping to get the studio going down here, and it is going and blowing. And then we're in a community right across the street right now in a little cottage place called Pinewood Forest, a residential community uh, that is um, coming up out of the ground as we speak. We may even hear construction noise in the background, but intended to serve a lot of the creative community and others uh, here south of Atlanta. So that's the setting, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun. This is an amazing setting. This is very yeah. very cool yeah i've told uh, rick and rachel about it and said you got to come check it out so uh this is your checking yeah, you told out us day. about it in la two years ago yeah i mean oh, I, you, know, I, you know a house on the west coast a house here in atlanta i mean Dude, two hotbeds of entertainment hey, right we, now hey, my mom would why not, not be sad why not they would be yeah. well, i love it Rachel's that's right because you're from georgia yeah. right? i'm an atlanta native that's right <laughs> a little southern belt <laughs> Yeah, so let's hey let's let's let everybody kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, so tell a little bit of a story about how, um, you know, just the short version now how you guys uh, met. I, I know Rick really well, right? I, he just he's looking straight real. at me when he said that. <laughs> how you guys met, got married, kind of what, where you're living, what you're doing these days. So catch us all up. Well, I will let ladies go first. Oh, here we go. Um, okay, so <laughs> Ricky and I met at Sundance Film Festival. We hit it off right away. We kind of couldn't pull ourselves away from each other in like deep conversation, which was really fun. I had started my first company before I met him, which was kind of in the events concierge world. And it wasn't really my passion. So I was kind of on the on the zone of like selling my piece out to my partner and kind of like ready to do something different. And I met the viral brand guru over here. And um, we just had so much fun, talked about life and spirituality and God and our future and what we cared about. And it was just amazing. And then literally he proposed eight months after he liked it. So he put a ring on it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Smart man. I mean, looky, looky. Yeah, it's 
That's right. <laughs> and so Sunday, you can I'm see happy. pictures in our show notes. There you go. Whatever. You're so funny. Um, but so Sundance Film Festival happens in Utah, Park City, Utah, in January every year. And so he proposed in August. We got married that December. So it was like the first year we met. We actually kind of closed the book on it. So yes. it was kind of fun. Book ended. Yep. And then yeah. we started starting companies together, which has been just such a fun ride. I get so inspired working with him. It's so fun. I, I love, you know, it's, it's funny because people will talk about power coupling, but it, which speaking of power couples, I mean, like you and your wife are like Mallory ultimate is power my couple. Spirit you guys animal. make goals, yeah. <laughs> hey, we were clients of yours, Rachel. Do you remember that? I do remember that with we, my first company. Yeah, kind of uh, watched it. Oh, that's kind of right. Rick got us set up. We that's brought right. the family out to LA for. Back when uh, she still had the concierge company. Yeah, family vacation, right. and you put things that. together for us, and it was awesome. <laughs> and you're probably going, "They're so lame. They do such lame stuff." <laughs> no, not at all. I was like, I hope you're happy because <laughs> you're that's not so doing funny. very much. No, oh my goodness. No, we have. Because we, I remember we were sitting on the um, on the uh, gosh, hotel hotel in Santa Monica. The Lowe's, hotel. yeah, the Lowe's on the patio, and, and Rachel's like, and the dogs when came the farmers, out when the farmers are gonna are here, and I was like, just look for the people who look like they just came right out of Ralph Lauren catalog. It's so true. <laughs> oh no, I've never seen anything. And then she's like, like it. I think they're here. I, I was, I saw them walking, and I was like, okay, now I know what I'm supposed to be. <laughs> no, no, no. It's more like the Sid Mashburn catalog. You're, you're you're more trendy than than. Alpharan, but to my point. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know what to do with that. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. So keep going. So you guys well, met. Mr. Dapper Dan as well. So that's true. That's because David bought these clothes for me. <laughs> yeah. That's oh how it gosh. works. There we go. I'm living there we go. That. That's amazing. But yeah, so long my story short. My wife dresses short, me, so. Oh my goodness. We sometimes. Look, I have when he combat looks good, boots on. I wouldn't normally wear combat boots. She's like, you need to wear combat boots. They're cooler. Now she, I know why these conversations have the potential to go three hours. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got to keep going. I want to hear I am trying. I'm trying to keep that shit on. Rachel, you're doing them great. Oh, You're doing great. Right, keep going, Rachel. Sweating in weird places. Um, anyway, so um, so then we started the McCord list together. He actually named it. It's this female empowerment community that is all about helping women be empowered. They're influential women, so celebs, influencers, bloggers, girls who I work with on television, all to kind of come together, support one another, learn about business. And so we create e-com sites for celebs and influencers, and we do wellness retreats and all kinds of really fun empowerment stuff. Cool events and photo shoots. I think what's really cool is like Rachel's always, you know, being an influencer and being a, a, a model and talent in the business is actually really hard. It's like a, it's a, you, you, it sounds kind of glamorous or it sounds like one of those kind of frou-frou jobs. You go to Hollywood, uh, you know, be an actor, a model, whatever. And the reality is like, it's super, super hard on them. Cause like, I mean, it's like, there's, you know, haters out there, you go through auditions and just constant, just, I mean, you're putting your face and your body on the line and getting rejected, you know, time after time after time. It's really hard on their hearts, you know? Well, and and these, these are people who are sensitive artists who come out to Hollywood with dreams and, you know, when you get hit the way that you get hit by people, you know. So you, you guys start this business together. It's your first business together called the McCord List. The is McCord right? List, yeah. And mm-hmm. so tell me how, is that still in place? Is that something you still do? Is it kind of your primary business together? Can I jump in on that real quick yeah. before you go there? Because I want to, let me set this up and then we'll go, I'm going to go to the McCord List. One of the reasons I wanted you guys to be part of this, you talk about things are hard, is you guys always bring so much energy with you. I mean, super positive. So, I mean, you take the energy level up in the room as soon as you come in, and I love that. 
but you also, Rick, you, I know you're like a serial entrepreneur, and I think that's going to connect with so many of the, our listeners that have some of that in them too. And so you can be an encouragement to them. You've been a brand strategist before. You were a brand strategist with Disney, learning from one of the most incredible and powerful, meaningful brands anywhere. And then you guys are all over this idea of, of building influence with a lot of followers and you have the ability to take products and, and put them out there and help people get to know them and use them. So I just want to say that to sort of set the stage. We're going to cover some of all of that as part mm-hmm. of the conversation today because um, you got a lot going on and, and you got a great track <laughs> record behind it. So now let's go back, Shane, to the McCord list. So, yeah, so that's the yeah. first, that's kind of the first business you got. And then take us to continue to share with us, Rachel, what you're what you're doing and what you guys are into. Yeah, so we worked with over 300 brands, to your point, David, um, helping them kind of get in front of content that I was creating and then also that the girls on the McCord list, my girlfriends, were creating as well. And it's been a very invite-only community. We're up to over 1,000 women all in Hollywood. So it's a lot of fun, and we do a lot of fun stuff together. In fact, we're kicking off a masterclass right now so that we can kind of take a lot of the stuff that's in my book, Slay the Fame Game, and kind of break it down into... How do you build a brand from the start and all the way through to maybe selling it, maybe scaling it, whatever your path looks like. And so it's been fun. And I have a lot of this understanding of the marketing side of it from Rick and with Viral Brand being able to get behind these big brands and really help them get their word out. So I think creating that influence really comes down to having a heart behind a specific topic and then figuring out how you reach the audiences that are going to care about that message and how to, how to you know, push that outward. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the, uh, you know, we, we started doing influencer and viral marketing. I, I started in like 2002. So I left Disney after about four or five years at Disney. And then we started doing campaigns that we were launching now. In 2002, there wasn't really a social media influencer per se, but there were still digital influencers. So at the time, you know, cause that was like in the days, I don't even think at that point, uh, Friendster, which was the real first social thing that popped up, was but that was pre MySpace. That that uh, that hadn't even been out there yet. But there were message boards, there were emails, there were you know ways that we could get the velocity of communication going through influential people. So, and influencers have been around since the dawn of time. The only thing that's different now is that they actually are can hit, they can share so much easier. And yeah. now the tools and technology, the tools and tech, and the velocity of sharing, the ease of sharing is like you know we were having to create a lot of tools back in the day. What's happened now is that influencer has become, gotten so big because of that that it's become almost like a niche industry in its own right. And so the influencers themselves are like that's almost a job. Like we're like I'm, I'm an influencer. That's my job. That didn't used to exist. You used to have a niche community, and there were people who were influencers of that niche community. Now people would say I'm an influencer, and they wouldn't even say what niche community they were part of. You know, they, they're, just they just, they're just an influencer. And that didn't exist before. But I think that it's been a really interesting side because I've been tapping into that on the marketing side for brands, on behalf of brands. What I've really enjoyed is by, by helping, you know, Rachel establish her brand as an influencer. And she's a, you know, obviously a, a worldwide model as well and got all sorts of amazing talents and entrepreneur. But, but, but on the influencer side of Rachel and building her influence, it's been really fun for me on that, on that side, building it versus like leveraging it. And then also helping Rachel serve all the women in the McCordless community on that side of the equation versus being on the side where we're tapping into it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, if you look in, in from the outside, it just kind of looks like all fun and games. But I know how hard you work, Rachel, to make that happen. Don't tell them I'm a workaholic right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, She's but so you, but you have to work hard, you know, to 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 make all that magic happen, right? Yeah, you're so right. I think that it's a good reminder. I think when we're starting businesses or we're deciding what we're going to do with them and we feel the growing pains as they start to work and we're like, wait, what do I do now that everything's working and rolling? But, you know, I think a lot of times when we kind of get in those zones where we're starting out, we kind of see from the outside, right? That IG feed, that Instagram feed that says, oh my gosh, wow, she's walking red carpets and runway shows and you see people in private jets and you kind of think, wow, like that's what it's really like. And there's so much that happens behind the scenes to kind of get you to that place and there's such a mess that happens as well behind the scenes and that that's okay and so I love the moments where I get to like speak somewhere or go on a podcast like this and just bring kind of reality to that voice um, I think you know as we were working with all of these brands with the McCord list and really understanding hey what does Laura Mercier care about when they're launching a new spring collection and how do we share that message in a really cool tangible way that our audience feels like this is bringing value to them and how do we be authentic, especially for me as an influencer and someone who goes on shows and, and gets products on different TV shows that I'm in because of my friendships. It's like, how do I be authentic and real about the products I actually like to use mm. and being honest when I'm like, hey, I actually can't endorse that because I just don't believe in it and I don't like it. So being real taught me a lot. And then I'm now launching my first hair accessories line, which I definitely wouldn't have had a clue anything about the industry, you know, six years ago when we started the McCord list. But now I'm like sitting down and taking my designs to a seamstress and having them developed and being able to understand that what comes first to me when I build business, a business or a, a product or a, pa or a um, project, I always think, how am I going to market this? How am I actually going to sell this? Because when you think with that first, you're able to kind of go backwards from there and say, wow, if I I can get my best friend who is a writer for Us Weekly or my best friend or my sister who's a TV star. If I can get her to love this and wear this, then I know that I have a product that I can also get in, in a mass retailer because that will translate. So it's a really interesting just to kind of build on that. What I hear you saying is you're, you're thinking about the ultimate end user. If it's the editor of Us or if it's a client that's there, you're thinking about them. And then what I hear you saying is you're backing into, you're actually thinking about the needs of that customer and then you're backing into, so what would I need to do to begin with to actually get to that desired outcome? Exactly. It's thinking about what is the most specific, maybe critical person that I know who's going to like look at this and be like, oh, I can't wear that on a red carpet because I need to be perfect. I'm going to be judged in millions and millions of people looking at Daily Mail and seeing me on a carpet. If, if my friends, if my family, if I won't wear something, then how can I expect a beautiful woman who lives in Georgia to wear it? or something else. And so my brand is very female focused. So, you know, I've always stayed in kind of the fashion, beauty, lifestyle verticals. And so if I tried to kind of step out and do something different, I really wouldn't know how to do that. But I, I understand from the female side of, you know, making sure that there's a product that not only can appeal to the masses and appeal to celebrities and, and influential women, but then also has an empowering message because that's my purpose in life. So making sure that my why is bigger than what my what is, is, mm -hmm. is also super important. Mm, that's good. And I, I want to come back and ask you some questions in a minute on the hair accessory line and just, you know, how you kind of get that going. But here's a question really for both of you guys. You're coming at it from different angles. What makes for a good influencer? 
I think there are a lot of people that have an interest in that, and I'm not sure they really understand all that that means. So Rachel, as someone that is doing it, what makes a good influencer? Rich, you're thinking, you're thinking about brands that are looking uh, for influencers. So Rick, what mm-hmm. makes, from your point of view, a good influencer? So come at it from both sides. Okay, perfect. So I would say for me, what's most important is making sure that you're really thinking about what solution you're solving, like what problem you're solving with what solution, right? So you can't just be an influencer because you have a massive influence, right? It's like people look to you for something. People look to me because I'm doing things in the fashion world. I'm doing things in empowerment. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about my fails. I'm opening up about the anxiety and the depression that I've dealt with along the way. And so I'm bringing a voice to an area that I speak fluently. And I don't care if I impact five people or I impact hundreds of thousands. I just want want to make sure that I'm actually impacting one person because I was that one person, sorry, <laughs> like not too long ago, I literally was dealing with a lot of depression. I went to this conference called You Can Heal Your Life and I met Louise Hay and I was at a place in my life where positive thinking wasn't a thing that I was familiar with. Positive affirmations was foreign to me. I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm listening to this woman share her spirit, her story and I was just so inspired because I had come from a lot of trauma as a kid and so thinking that someone who had also been through some trauma had not only transformed her life, but then was going out and dedicating her life in service to transform so many other people. And I was truly never the same. I started changing the way that I thought. I started doing positive affirmations like an hour, twice a day when I was getting ready in the day and then when I was wrapping my day. And I started to actually believe that I was worth something, that I matter, that I could love myself as I was, not for what I could be, not for how I could look. And so it started to change me from the inside out. So then when Rick and I developed the McCord list, we were sitting on the floor and he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I kind of want to be like the sassy Louise Hay. I want to be able to empower women. And I, I I think that I can do that if I'm just real and honest about where I've been. Actually, that's not exactly how it went. I was like, I don't think I can do this. And Rick was like, yes, you can. I was like, no, I can't. That's actually really how it went. And then, you know, (laughs) we pushed through. And so I would say just make sure that the message that you're sharing is true to you. And it's something that gives value first. That's good, Rick. Um, I got a couple of thoughts. Um, First of all, I think the brand's overall should think of themselves as an influencer. So, so I think like if you, I break down the different nuances of influence and different nuances of influencers. There's like social media influencers, there's YouTube influencers, there's blogger influencers, there's corporate influencers. There are about 10 different kinds. So I'm getting up, but, but understanding the different types of influencers is the first thing for a brand. Understand that there are different types of influencers, podcast influencers. I'm sitting right here. So, did you um, just call us an influencer? You guys are influencers. We are, we are. We are. We are. podcast influencers. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. You, guys, you guys are. Well, I, I, engage, I engage. I have a what client are, right now, and I have them on 10 I podcasts. I am somebody. There's that positive <laughs> information. You're pulling it all together. Pulling it all together. <laughs> if, you, if you want to name examples, though, I mean, do it. If, you know, as you think through various yeah. brands or uh, YouTubers, I mean, who are the ones that you really love? Well, I mean, I, I think that from, from a, a brand perspective, no, sorry to be plugging you guys, but I think Chick-fil-A is a viral brand. You guys are a viral brand. You guys have created a brand that is inherently viral. You guys, you, you, when I first met you all, you had an initiative called the Influence Initiative. That's, that's how I met you guys. That was, that was something that was happening 10 years ago or whatever. And so understanding that, you know, collectively we're engaging our followers and our customers and serving them. And we look at, 
you know, our, our, our brand as a, as, as having influence is a big deal. Now, I think that, um, the big thing that I think from a, from a brand perspective for brands to realize about influencers, cause this is like a hot topic now. It's like, you know, we've been doing this a while, but, but it's, it now it's the point where back when we first started doing influencer engagement and viral marketing, it was sort of like we had to talk people into doing it. We kind of had a little, we had like a little seat at the kitty table and now we just now kind of got into the big kids table. You know, it's been a long enough now it's established that the key is to understand that influencer marketing really should just be a, a, a piece of a viral strategy. So at the end of the day, it's a tactic in, in the middle of a viral strategy. So the viral basically just means, you know, I'll simplify it and just say it's, you know, word of mouth plugged in to the internet. Oh, I like <laughs> that good. analogy. You know, right. and yeah. so you just took word of mouth. It's been happening for literally millions of years since caveman days. It just now got plugged in. And then it'll get electrified. So I got to say for our listeners who can't see this, Kevin Jennings, who does know a thing or two about brand strategies, overhead, over here vigorously nodding his head up and down <laughs> as Rick's talking. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so I think that understanding that influencer marketing is really a piece of an overall viral strategy. Social media, mar- social media marketing is a tactic. It should be a tactic in the, in the middle of a viral strategy. Uh, at the end of the day, you want as many people talking about your brand as possible. You want word of mouth. And so I, I usually break it down like this and just tell people like, you know, the, um, with, with influence is that popular guys in high school get dates easier, right? Makes sense. Popular brands get sales easier, hmm. but how do you get popular in high school? You get popular by being friends with the right people and, and getting more influence. And, and if you want to go into a high school and be popular, you start getting and hanging around the, the popular crowd. Or influential you watch people. Wicked and you can listen to the soundtrack and then learn all about that. <laughs> that's that song popular. <laughs> Yeah, so you so you get. But a, you're, so, you're probably not going to be super introverted and just keep to yourself and walk away with a lot of influence. Well, and you've I wanna, got to start engaging with people. I also want to connect back to what something you said, Rachel, is like understanding your why and being passionate about what's that one thing that people would be drawn to that makes you unique. And whether that's reaching one person or a thousand people or a million people, you've focused in on what's your niche. I I think about my kids even, and they listen to one podcast because there's a guy that does reviews on pizza. It's Barstool. He does this review on pizza. And they love that, and it's his niche, and he does it over and over and over again. And they're like, they listen to another podcast because the guy's funny, or they follow somebody because they're funny, or they follow somebody because they have a political viewpoint that they appreciate or they like to look at. But what I hear you saying is focusing on that one thing, and that's what can help you yep. with your influencer strategy. Yeah, and I, th- I think from a um, from a marketing standpoint too, you should always like think through the communities, just like Rachel's saying on the niche, because you're you're saying like, okay, from a psychographic standpoint, that's how you look at uh, a viral strategy or an influencer marketing strategy. You're like, okay, well, what what psychographic niche or niche niche niche? Both. Hey, yeah, we're good both. with both. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depends on how fancy I'm feeling today. Yeah, that's right. Niche. And you <laughs> just brought Georgia <laughs> and LA together we right just there. Hold it tight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. And it's got to be really true to you, too. I think a lot of times, even if you look back at that story I just shared about Louise Hay, it's like I saw Louise Hay and was so inspired by her. But if I was trying to be Louise Hay, right? It wouldn't work because I'm not all like, oh, namaste. And like, I, you know, I, I wear stilettos and pumps and I love fashion. And, you know, it's like I'm a different breed. But at the same time, I have a heart to empower. And so 
that process of finding your voice and finding your brand is really happening simultaneously, right? And I believe that entrepreneurship really gives you this opportunity for, for personal growth at a very, very scaled space, right? Because your company, when you're a small startup, is only as strong as you are as an entrepreneur, right? Because you're leading this. It's your way of trusting people, of being um, vulnerable, of delegating, of, of opening up your doors and your mind to people who work for you to have them help you scale and pull yourself back into visionary and outside of operations, right? Which is kind of the goal as you advance yourself. So if you're open to that process of of growth as a human being, then your business will benefit. And I think that sometimes we get into these zones where we're so focused on the numbers and the revenue goals. And that's such an important piece of it. And I had to learn to be good at that because, you know, and I'm still learning, but you know, for me, I, I was really comfortable doing the, the creative stuff and, and creating SOPs and, you know, building structure and operating because I've worked in corporate before. And I really loved kind of sinking my teeth into a challenge and figuring out how to do it. But then learning how to really look at it from both sides of like, am I, Am I here with a deficiency that I need to grow on? And I've learned that because being vulnerable for me was difficult. And you have to be vulnerable to trust someone else to carry your vision out. And you need to release some of that control. And that control is kind of what gets you to the table. But then you got to know when to let it go a little bit. Mm. And Rick has a really good example with the bird. Remember we were talking about that with like... Golf. Oh yeah, I was uh, actually just we were talking about the other day. Like uh, when I was in college, learning how to golf, I had the mentor tell me that you have to hold hold. You probably heard this before. You guys golfers, yep. we yeah, we hold, hold the club. <laughs> I try, that's how I do. I'm trying to. Uh, he said you got to hold the club like you'd hold a bird, you know, hard enough to keep it in your hand, but loose enough that you don't hard. kill the bird. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. so and that helped me a lot. And then I thought, wow, that's like a pretty big lesson about life. You know, it's like we don't want to hold it too tight, but we want to hold it enough to you know do stuff but not grip it yeah to the point where we're just like strangling you choke it. it yeah yeah so i think that like in life now i like rachel's super type a you know like she gets stuff done and she's like you know what i mean she's she's really you know like i'm a little bit more laid back in, in my approach sometimes so it's a little easier for me sometimes to, to, to take that approach because <laughs> my personality type oh it's so hard for me i'm like okay what do we do with a control freak Type A OCD. What do we do with this situation? If that's the kind of side that like gets you to the place where you actually have something right because you work 17 hours a day and like building it. When people are like, "Oh, I'm sure Rick is the business guy just behind you, and you're going off and doing the photo shoots," and I'm like, "Yeah." It's it's so typical though that opposites kind of come together in a relationship. That's I mean, so funny. That's I Mallory. See. We're going to an Enneagram conference soon. Okay. Oh, which awesome. I've not been to. She's I've been not studying. That yet. I, I think to. we're going to walk away and we're going to find out what we know from the other profile tools we've used that were different. Wow. And so I think it's like, going to be the net result. But I, I like you know I'm the Myers Briggs. I'm yeah. taking that. Oh I'm yeah. Like an ENFP, and then like I know the Strength Finders. Yeah. Like my, my top five strengths or whatever. You remember those? Yeah. E and J's are very different. We have the same top two strengths. They're activator and strategic. I say that right between Rick and I is the perfect human. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's go down this path for just a second. I think some folks out there would be interested. So 
if you're whether it's a business partner and if you happen to be married to your business partner, yeah, yeah. how do you guys work together? What is, what is, what makes it work? I mean, very carefully. Well, I was going to say, talk a little bit about that because I think a lot of people, whether it's a business partner or and you're actually married to your partner, I mean that that relationship's critical to the success of a business. Talk a little bit about that. I'd say the 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 most fun thing that I love, I, I love that we get to do stuff together, and I love that I'm married to my best friend. And my business partner, we we oh, just thinking ideas nonstop, whether they're for clients. I believe that. that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe that. It's just as nonstop, and it's like, ooh, what if? What if? So I don't like to call them, um, you know, people the brainstorms. I never call brainstorms brainstorms because they usually not for us, but like a lot of people get intimidated by the word brainstorm. So I just call them what if sessions. You know, it's just like, what if? Yeah, what if you did? What if that's you did? good. You know, that's it just kind of loosens everybody up. And ever since Brick and I were each in our own little worlds, little kids, we would play what if games. Like, I would be my mom and I'd be like, Mom, what if all of a sudden I just ran through here and just grabbed this? I just like create these like hilarious little ideas. <laughs> Rick would do it too. And we were actually together for two years before we figured out that we were actually doing that. But it is We're really, always what ifing. Yeah, we are. We have a blast. It is really if-ing. fun because you develop these ideas. But on the flip side, we've really struggled like to find that balance, right? I think sometimes, again, with the IG feed or the social media kind of putting your best work out there, it's easy to think, oh my gosh, they just have it all together and so easy. And, you know, we've learned through a lot of the hiccups about like how do you deal with it like some of the challenges that we face is Rick loves to think big picture and visionary but then when he gets into the details he kind of like gets like claustrophobic and he wants to get out of the conversation and then I start to it triggers me on an emotional level of like feeling like an inconvenience and I'm a detail person so I I love big ideas I think it's fun to dream up what if we you know took the McCord list and then created a master class and we did videos with all my friends and and that's really fun but then you know you've got to Take out your your piece of paper, your iPad, you your computer. You got to schedule it. You got to create the logistics that out, right. exactly that outline. You start thinking about okay, what is A to Z? What have we done with the McCord list? How do we get successful here? How do we fail? How do we talk about that? How do we break that down in digestible content? Yeah, and she and, and, and she talks about like a lot of a lot of the hard work of building Rachel's not just the McCord list but her celebrity brand is one of the top models in the world right now. I mean, Google her; she's everywhere. And what's been cool about that is like you know she talks about that that and Slay the Fame game, how to break into Hollywood and social media without it breaking you, her book. Little plug there. I like it. It'll be yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she talks about really, really frankly, and you know, and a, lot, a lot of that just comes. We when we went to Hollywood, we had like a a mission. And we're like, you know what? Let's just love Hollywood. We're gonna go into Hollywood. We're gonna live there, and we're gonna just love on the people there. We're gonna serve them and just be there. And that's and, like a Jeff Henderson strategy. So shout out to Jeff. Right oh now. yeah, that, that's his yeah. four strategy. Yeah, you were legend. for Hollywood. That guy's legend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Him. So he he um. So so yes, yeah, so we had that. Yeah, I've learned so much from from. Jeff and you guys. You guys, guys and, speak at his church. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. Super cool. But I think the, um, you know, just going there and, and you, you know, like for instance, like the paparazzi, right? The paparazzi, like everybody, you know, tries to act so cool. Like the, like they don't, like every star out there wants the paparazzi shooting them because that's how they Not keep their brand all of alive. Them. There's probably a handful okay, that don't. The mega stars, <laughs> the mega stars don't like the paparazzi because they can't live life without the paparazzi in their in their face. But the most stars want to be photographed because that's how they keep their brand relevant. So we, you know, we went there and, and just, you know, we, we tactically like, you know, went out to all the red carpets and, and, and got to know people and, and take them to lunch and to dinner and get to, you know, 
go to their dance recitals and just make friends with these these Thanksgiving photographers. Dinner. Thanksgiving dinners. Because I mean, they're like, really like, our friends. And that wasn't they really as- became our friends. We just came with a mission to love and serve them. And next thing you know, you know, they're they're giving Rachel Rachel favorable press all the time too. But it was a genuine heart. It was a genuine heart mission. Yeah. yeah what I hear is, um, and I think this is a principle to take home, and that is not going into those relationships with an agenda. I mean, if your agenda or, or a selfish agenda, if your agenda is what can I do for them, mm-hmm. how can I better serve them, yep. the rest of it will come. That's right. You know, and so, right. but if you go in there with the wrong agenda or it's a selfish agenda, I do think sometimes that can come back to bite you. Right. Yeah. And also on the topic of influence, right, to kind of pull it full circle, it's like influence is really the power that you have, no matter how small or large a room or audience is, to actually influence action. Okay. So a lot of times we look at someone and we're like, oh, you've got half a million fans on Instagram. Wow, you must be highly influential. But if that person can't really move the needle when it comes to actually converting any of that following into an action, they're not really influencing, right? They might be sharing content. Mm. They might be doing certain things. But if, if a follower on that platform doesn't make a choice based on something they've seen, and you may never know that ripple effect, right? That's very real. But if they're not making a choice based on that, you're not really influencing. So what Rick is really talking about has been this investment, because we're both you know, people, people, we love relationships. So it's like, we're really investing in these relationships with people that we like. And we also would never ever invest in a relationship that is centered around negativity or judgment around other people. Like we can't, like, I can't deal with negativity like that. I like, I work really hard to set boundaries to like not have that in my world. And so it's a true relationship that we have. And so they have influence over us. If they said, Hey, my daughter's got a really cool dance recital and it would mean the world if you came. I've come many times in those scenarios. Like I was saying, Thanksgiving dinner, they've influenced our decision with how we spent our time and vice versa. And so I think when you remember that in a world where everything feels so big and so far away, we're mm-hmm. actually a small world. We actually have the same desires. I think like the the the, the key in the middle of that and, and the serving is, and this is good for brands and I think it's actually key for brands. Most brands don't do this, what I'm about to say, but, but this is truly the way is by... Finding the niche community that you're targeting, finding out who the influencers are. There's a there's what I call another member of my different terms for influencers. I have a term called a champion influencer. They're the people who are like the true queen bees of the communities that you're targeting. They're the ones who live and die for the community. They mm-hmm. they will not sell out. They are not there to be a social media influencer. They're not, they might even just have. 5,000 followers. A good example of someone like that, Brad Lominick in the faith world. Brad Lominick is a, is a Kevin true, shaking his head again. Ch- over here. Champ, true champion influencer. He's yeah. got 5,000 followers on Instagram. One of the most influential guys in the whole faith based world. Uh, like Peb Jackson. Peb Jackson's another guy in the faith-based world. Now, there's these people in every different community that you go and target. The key is is under, looking at the community and figuring out how you can serve and love the community. We talk about uh, narratives. Like, what is the narrative of that community that you're serving, uh, that, that you're targeting, and how can you serve that narrative? And then how can you engage the influencers and serve them because if you serve the influencers and the influencers give you a thumbs up, the odds are the whole community is going to give you a thumbs up. Cause if you get the influencers and especially the champion influencers, if they give you a green light and you can co-create some really awesome ideas for that community and let them release the power of their power to the community, they are gatekeepers. 
you won't make it past an influencer, especially like true, true influencers in communities. The problem it the, the problem that exists now a little bit is that the the social media influencer as an industry per se is that there are some, not all, but there are some people who will just post anything for a dollar because they're trying to make a right. buck because being an influencer is their job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Rachel doesn't do a paid post. Now I'm not saying paid posts are bad because paid poster could be fine if they're organic, but some people do them in ways that like don't really match. Typically when they do, those people lose some followers because their followers are like, what? That's kind of smells like a sellout scenario, you know? So, so I want to summarize a little bit because this has been really, really good. I'm hearing some good stuff. I want to summarize and then um, keep the conversation going. But before we lose this, here's what I'm, I'm, I'm taking away. You got to find your voice if you want to be an influencer so that it comes through as authentic. You talked about the importance of the why. Yeah. Uh, Rick, you just talked about you, you did a great job of summarizing. You've got to love and serve the community that you're trying to reach. Yep. And Rachel, I love what you said just a moment ago is ultimately it's really not influence unless you're getting somebody to make a choice and take action. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of lines up with your personality too. You know, you, 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 no, 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 that, 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 you know, you're going to, you want to make sure things get done. Right. Definitely, definitely. Okay. So you, you love the big idea, but you know, at the end of the day, stuff has to get done. <laughs> so all that's kind of coming together. So they're trying to do kisses over here and you are the first you are the first guest we've had that's tried to kiss another guest during the middle of the podcast I will say that. at least that I've been at let me put it that way I have missed a couple but you didn't have Mallory on this you not know, yet it's really interesting too as you're just describing this I can't help but recall a book that Malcolm Gladwell wrote Tipping several point. several years ago called Tipping Point. Yep. And what you're describing is the connector. And, and it truly is, you know, because you're vulnerable, you're transparent, you know your why, you, you're not selfish in your desire, you're really thinking about the guest and the ultimate outcome of that. It, it truly comes out in the form of truly being a connector or what we would refer to nowadays as an influencer. And that's yep. what you're describing. Yep. That's right. Yeah. This that's is right. interesting. Yeah, and, and, and they could be, you know, they might have been called leaders before, like just leaders of the community and, and, and connectors and he talks about mavens and yeah mavens are, are the expert and then the connector yeah. kind of translate that expertise get out, out to the community they push it out that's right yeah and, and they they truly are like the the gatekeepers to the community now, you see some people who have like it, it, like like when rachel has a friend who won't say who it is but she wants to grow her following so she called me a couple weeks ago and she was like hey can you help me think that through a little bit and i was like you don't have a niche at all like I was like, you're, you're a pretty girl. Like you have a pretty face and you have an, a good following on Instagram and you're doing fine. You got pretty, you know, you're posting, but if you want to grow, you got to figure gotta out with words. It's like really, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that would offended her? I well, mean, don't say her name and it won't. I'm not going to say her name. I wouldn't know. I was going to say her name, but I was just going to say, no, she just has to, to, to develop it a little bit. It goes back to your point. You need to itch. have a purpose and a yeah. point. And why. that way people know, okay, I'm going to check into this person. If it's all over the map right. and it's about, you know, pictures or just fashion or what have you, if, even within fashion, if it's not specific, you may not grab people and connect to them. That's yeah. right. That's good. Yep. I do want to bring up an important point that I think we're kind of getting at. And I wish I had learned this kind of on the beginning side of my brand. I'm having to learn it now and it's painful. <laughs> but um, when you start to build a business and you create success with that, right? Or you build a, a brand and you start influencing people, right? If you are coming from a holistic human place with your why and you genuinely care about how people feel what will 
inevitably happen, and I'm sure we can all think about moments in our life or like seasons when we felt this, when we start to feel this pressure from everybody who suddenly wants all of your time and all of your energy and all of your resources, and it becomes this big challenge, right? Because your heart can be to serve, and that can be your purpose and your why. But if you don't, and I'm saying this kind of to myself, and I've been learning this lesson right now, it's like, if I don't learn and haven't continued to change, make the changes I need to, to be able to set some boundaries around that Mm -hmm. I end up depleting myself and then I can't care for the other people that I genuinely want to care for right because I don't have the energy and so when I think about doing this masterclass with the McCord list that's kind of part of that desire right like when I go and speak somewhere and I get to connect with students or women or entrepreneurs male and female as they open up about their story you know they they're always like well I want to connect and I've been like I DM me on Instagram and send me an email or send my team an email and then I realized that I actually just didn't have the bandwidth and it wasn't from a lack of desire but just I really couldn't do it and so I wanted to create this program because I genuinely again genuine care genuine desire to help but it was because I was like I'd rather give this away to for free for every person I ever come in contact with than to step away and not be able to help someone and they slip through the cracks just because I can't see it I'm too well, busy build on that just a little bit when you do those type of things and when your time is pulled it it keeps you from focusing on what you're an expert at and speaking to what you're an expert at. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget we had lunch. I with know. Andy I knew. I knew we were going and, here. And I heard. It's so funny because he goes. I said, "How many people ask you to go to lunch? Because you're this famous mega pastor, right?" Yeah. He says, "Really get, gifted communicator. Terrifically gifted. Yeah. Everybody wants to spend time with Andy Stanley. His dad was pretty awesome. His yeah. dad is incredible, right? He's, like, He's got this unbelievable brand. Yeah. And people say, hey, can we have lunch?' And he, he, it's just hilarious what he said. His response was." I can't do lunch with you because if I did lunch with you, you wouldn't want to do lunch with me. And you're like, you kind of look at him. You too can many imagine people, the, too many the, what he's up. saying is, and what he would go on to explain is, if I do lunch with you, it'll take me away from the reason that you actually wanted to have lunch with me, Preach. which is I'm a really good communicator yeah. and I'm good at writing books and I'm good at theorizing complex spiritual issues and bringing them down to the masses that can understand. And if I don't work on that, Forget it. You won't want to do lunch with me in the first place. So no, and it's I not wow. lunch with you. It's not personal. Wow. I just it's not personal. I just get a, a lot of those requests. And, yeah, and I'm so, so glad you shared wow. that. I feel like I needed to hear that because I have noticed in myself wow, like this this internal tug of war of like I I want to be able to be my best self and give, but honestly, mm-hmm. I don't just sit myself on the ocean on the sand for a little. If I could sit on the ocean, man. Oh, Jesus, I'm sand. coming for you, honey. Watch out. <laughs> Sit on the water. Can you do that? No. Well, at least on the sand near the ocean, right? Just the sand nearby when the tide's back. But, you know, just sitting there and starting to give myself a moment to process all the crazy that happens so that I can be like, oh, what did I learn? Like, what is the message here? And and I've noticed that I wasn't even feeling inspired, right? Creativity happens in big white space. You have to have that freedom. Well, and there's a principle there. And it's if you aren't willing to invest in your best, mm-hmm. you can't be your best. I mean, that's that's wow. what you've got to keep focusing on. Wow. What's that niche? What is it that you give to your audience that's unique? And if you don't focus on your best, 
you can't potentially be. We're like, we're like, yo, preach. We're like learning all over. We're taking notes here. (laughs) All right, so I hate this, but we got to start to wind this down so that we could go on. No, no, no. But I want to ask you. That was a good way to end it. Okay, but I want to ask you just one, one quick question. Yeah, yeah. We teed it up uh, early on. You talked about launching another hair accessory brand, and you've done a lot of promoting for other people, but now you're doing your own thing. So I want to ask you quickly tell us about that and sort of what drives that. And Rick, if we can do this fast, I want you to talk about how you're helping other brands stay engaged with their followers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So to. you got to go quick. So Rachel, we'll start with you. Okay. So it's called not basic. And I came up with the idea because I was all styled to go this red carpet and my hair was like real ratchet. So my only option was to just like slick it back in a top knot, but it looks so basic guys. So then I had to take a little black lace thong. <laughs> This and put funny. it right over my little this top really knot and wrap it around. And so it's called not basic because you aren't basic. You're not shouldn't be either. So we're launching all kinds of hair accessories for women. And it's fun because we get to play on this message of Let like, just, don't be basic. That are based on G-string <laughs> panties. Did I miss that? Or okay. Okay, we're going to breeze past that part. Okay. <laughs> I got, that will not be on the show. Notes. I got to admit. That to be edited there. out. That that to be edited all right. I got to admit. I didn't see that coming. But it happened. Okay. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, there you go. I love it. <laughs> you, you better bring something good, Rick. I don't know. All of that. All like that. Love it. Goes. Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, for, for me, we're, you know, a viral brand. You know, you've heard of viral content. And <laughs> this is too good. Everybody's like beat red right now. The first time I'm going to go home and talk to my daughter and be relevant. I'll be like, honey, let me tell you, I got this unbelievable idea I heard today. Dude. Okay, I think there's been a couple... I, I, I just want to see Shane wear one, actually. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mallory gosh. wants one. Are you if if I can get him to, we'll put that on the show notes too. Promise. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think it's safe to say there's been a couple firsts that have happened. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Love it. Yeah. Then like yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So so a big piece of what we do is activating influencers. So going back to the conversation here is you know when you get to the t- you've heard the the marketing funnel right. So like you know from the top of the funnel and, and helping brands get popularity, you know, we take an approach where we don't buy that popularity. We actually engage the community and activate influencers on behalf of the brands at scale. So we'll engage hundreds, you know, in some cases, thousands of influencers for on, on behalf of the brand and get them talking in the community, talking at scale. We take that data and then we start taking, you know, we start getting a really authentic engagement, like a real fire. So create the fire. And then we start engaging the people and that's where we get into our raving fan strategy. And so as we get into the raving fan, we start talking to people. The big thing is, and this, we do this for brands because brands are busy, you know, creating the product. You guys at Chick-fil-A are busy making chicken sandwiches and other companies are busy doing their thing. So they don't have time. The worst thing that you could do is, you know, throw the, throw the, uh, uh, the job to an intern who, you know, doesn't have, who has only like an hour a week to give to it, you know, cause they're in school and doing stuff. Taking your, you know, taking your fans seriously, getting, being social, because the brands a lot of times just aren't being social, mm-hmm. because social media is meant for being social and having a relationship. So if I'm going to channel my inner Jeff Henderson. If he were here, he would come hug you right now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he thinks it's so important for brands not just to spew stuff out, but to actually engage 
with their their followers, their customers, yeah. and, and that's what you're doing. You're just helping brands do it at scale. We just so. help them do it at scale. And, and the, the problem is they're just busy. Yeah, know? that's right. And frankly, a lot of small businesses, the people you know, in small teams, people probably, probably listening to your podcast here. If they get, they don't have the bandwidth. As soon as you get a person who comes on your team and you're like, "Hey, you're gonna be in charge of social media," guess what happens? They get put in charge of something else mm. yeah. because there's something more pressing. Yeah, or it feels like there's something more. Or it pressing. feels like there's and something it, more pressing. What you're reminding brands to do is that may be the most important thing. It do. may be the yeah. most important thing. Now, but the reality is they probably need folks like me yeah. who can help them do that and partner with them. Awesome. Well, that's a good word. And I just got to say, somehow we got to find a way to, to do this again because this has been fun. <laughs> we have had fun, but you've, gone, but you've gone yeah, you deep were. too. And, it's and I've gone awesome. long because I've gotten five well, texts. Real quick, I, I want to <laughs> make sure that our <laughs> listeners uh, know how to get reach out to you, how to follow you. So give us some, give us again, maybe the thought about how to link up with you guys if they'd like to. Yeah, you can hit me at, at viralbrand.io on Instagram and the website. So www.viralbrand.io and then Rachel. I'm at themccordless.org or social media at I am Rachel McCord. Because okay. I am. And again, as a reminder, we will have all of this in our show notes. So if you're driving down a road, don't hit, don't start texting this stuff in. Just hit the pause and go check out the show notes. You nice. guys are awesome. We're uh, so honored here. You guys are our favorite. You guys are legends. Yeah. I know you guys, you guys truly really are legends. I legends mean, in our own mind. That's right. There you hey, go. We, I got another tip. Hey, Just love uh, you guys being with us. It's uh, <laughs> always have so much fun hanging with you guys. Next always. time, it has to be in LA though. You've come to Georgia. We'll come your way and we'll do the next episode perfect Good. thanks so much for having right. us thanks for listening y'all guys thanks for listening we uh we love the tribe and appreciate you being part of it thanks for listening to the launch university podcast we hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker be sure to subscribe on itunes and leave a review for more helpful resources visit launchuniversity.com